0: Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, And during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians, or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception and cognition.
1: Hi, friends! Welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen, and I'm your producer. And I'm sitting here with your lovely host, Marianne. Oh, no, thanks,
0: Karen! You're so sweet. I'm so glad to be here.
1: Yes, I'm so glad we're back. We have missed y'all. It's been a couple of weeks, but we're back and ready for lots of summer content and lots of new stuff and, and good things coming your way. Um, before we get started, uh, let's just do like a little check-in, Marianne. Like, let us know how you're doing. What's new? It's almost May, which is crazy. How yeah. are going it's going great yes
0: it's amazing I've completed an academic year of working yeah. on my own here and it's been a joy it has been my students are fantastic and it's been marvelous it's all private at this moment and I've been loving it it's all virtual as well so it's been quite
1: an experience and uh, I'm looking forward to doing a whole lot more yeah for sure and um, how has it been as far as like weather and and just fun things um what have you been doing like for hobbies and stuff
0: well we're we're just kind of doing a little gardening these days, which is unusual for me, but I'm actually liking getting dirty in my old age um okay. uh, so <laughs> I don't mind getting the dirt all over in my fingernails ooh, uh but it <laughs> actually is sort of therapeutic. I'm appreciating it, so yeah. yeah, yes, I don't know that you knew about this, but uh. One of my favorite people is Sadhguru, and uh, he is traveling all over the world, I think, at the moment. He's in Europe. Okay. But he's going solo on his motorcycle. Solo. The man is, I think, 66 years old. Oh, my goodness. And he is talking all over the place to leaders and normal people about the importance of maintaining our soil. And how this is crucial at this time in our planet's yeah. life, and, and therefore ours. And uh, so, anyway, it's kind of fun. I'm I'm enjoying, loving, and relishing the soil. No bad stuff in there. It's all organic, and so, and I'm delighting in how beautiful it is
1: here. It's so beautiful. Yeah, the yeah. weather in Nashville has been really, really gorgeous. It's
0: Incredible. We're very blessed and yeah. uh, appreciative of that. And of course, mindful of what so many of our brothers and sisters are dealing with around the world and not quite so easy circumstances. So very, very, I feel very grateful. Indeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've always been meaning to ask you this and I haven't. Um, What is your favorite grounding practice? At the moment, my favorite one is
0: what I was taught by my very beloved teacher, J. Michael Wood, who recently passed away and it's Qigong practice. So I do, several of these purging exercises that he has given us, which is amazingly grounding, breathing and, and certain movements. And yeah. then on top of what's called the Taoist five, which works on the, the yin organs of the body. So your kidneys, your lungs, your heart, etc And basically it it's just these fantastic moves. And I'm telling you, get done with 20 minutes of that and you feel amazingly much better. And it may be a coincidence probably because I'm just feeling so good, but my dog's... Just lick it up. They are so happy to be right on me as soon as I get done with that practice. So yeah. there's a lot of benefit, a lot of benefit to it. So that's my favorite at the moment.
1: Ooh, I yeah. love that. Okay, yeah, I've been very curious. <laughs> I, I want to try it. Um, okay, so let's get into our episode today. Um, today we wanted to talk about um, the whole concept of taking things personally and how do we feel when we get criticism. Why might it be emotional for musicians? So Just take it away. Brilliant, Karen. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome. Uh, Well,
0: this is a problem. I think all of us, if we're really honest in music, it's very hard to be criticized. We take it to heart, and we know that today, when we watch programs such as Ramsey's Kitchen, you know, Hell, whatever it's called, uh, and any of those cooking shows, criticism is a normal part of the whole process and it can be quite wicked and it can be quite personal. Mm -hmm. But there is a sense that we cannot take it personally. But in music, I think it's very difficult and I think that that's for good reason. So I may not be correct about this in my neurology and my understanding of it, but I can tell you from personal experience that we process music in the emotional centers of our brain ideally. In other words, kind of in that limbic part of the brain. And uh, so research has demonstrated that when people listen to music, there's a lot of stimulation of those core elements in the brain. And I think that this is one of the things that makes us so vulnerable. When somebody criticizes us, it's at this very deep level of who we are, our deepest feelings and emotions. Uh, I think, though, that's not the only reason. I think the reason we take it personally is because we often don't know what to do about it. I mean, nothing like somebody telling us, a teacher or a coach telling us, it's got to be more musical. You're <laughs> oh not gosh, musical yes. enough. Yeah, yeah. And then you you don't know what to do. So right. it, it makes you feel the more vulnerable because it does this mean I'm somehow tragically flawed and I I can't be musical. So and so is and I'm not. What's wrong with me? And it goes into this cycle of self-destructive criticism yeah. that is negative in, in its nature very often so i think it's just a it's as if we're scolding a child who's just trying to walk and it falls down and and what we don't need to be doing is scolding that child for doing that right right so but we feel that way we feel that it's very personal so in my work I find that it is quite common that I'll um, make a suggestion and and people will say, well, I'm just no good at math, or I just can't do that. I, I'm, I'm terrible at that. And it's like, well, really? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in a way, the most difficult part of that is the indirectness of that kind of thing the brain has gone off on a circuit that's gone is very convoluted it's bringing up all kinds of memories and feelings and emotions and meanwhile it's just a matter of solving something that's rather mechanical Mm. but I don't think that's how most of us were taught no to think of music
1: (laughs) (laughs) not at all and it's so interesting like as you say all of this like it's obvious how our identity too is wrapped up in, in what we're doing. And I was thinking about you cause I was I'm in the tail end of my Enneagram certification and I was so afraid to get feedback. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Like I'm literally paying to be better at this skill. Like I need feedback in order to be better. Absolutely. And it was so surprising how physical and visceral receiving that feedback was. And then, however, once, you know, I got over it and I applied it, I grew so much mm-hmm. and so fast, mm-hmm. and I've never grown that much in a short amount of time with just my relationship with taking the feedback. So yeah. I think this is so important, and I I don't know why it's so different when I put my musical hat on. Yeah, because I'm thinking about you know when we make music together, mm-hmm. like what if I make a mistake, that's and that it. just feels like that's horrible,
0: it. you know. But you know, from the very beginning, this is how many of us are taught. Here, do this. No, that's not right. Do it again, and then you do it again, and it's still not right. Do it again. And then that's what practicing becomes is just do it again and do it again and do it again. And I understand that that's kind of a model of athletics where you just keep trying to throw that basket and get it in that hoop. But the problem is that in music, I think that is not always ideal, because especially in my realm, it's actually about understanding. You don't have to, th- to do something a thousand times to get it. There are 12 pitches and 11 tie chords <laughs> and everything. And rhythm can be counted in twos and threes. So it's actually very manageable. But it's so natural that we're used to that highly personal feeling that, well, well Jill can do it, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And so Jill is more talented than I am. And again, we get into this tailspin. And uh, if we have a really good teacher, the teacher will be able to say uh, concretely, what happened there? Mm -hmm. And, ah, do you notice that if you just think this or try this, suddenly you can do it. And so it it begins to be that, again, as we've been talking about, it is training our inner coach. It's training that part of our mind to be constructive. But if we've gone down that rabbit hole of self-criticism and and self-hatred, and abject, despondent hatred of, uh, of our own abilities. It is just a distraction from being able to actually succeed. So the thing is to be able to reframe that and make music training much more rational and beautiful and highly ordered instead of, yeah, didn't get
1: it right, do it again. Yeah. So what would you suggest for folks like myself whose nervous system for years has already been hijacked in, in that like flight or fight, fight mm-hmm. or flight response around that feedback or that criticism, or it's not even the criticism, it's the anticipation of the criticism yeah. where you're just, you have this constant feeling of, you're just going to be in trouble no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. How, how would you work through that?
0: Well, I think, Karen, it's a mismanagement of what I call our inner coach, that executive function. I don't know what it is. It's probably not just that. But I think that if it's negative thought, it's probably in the wrong part of our brain, that we're probably dealing with parts of the brain that are not analyzing in an objective way what's happening. So it's mismanagement of our mind, and that's how we've been trained. So the way that I would approach it, is being able to have a coach who's just watching what's happening and that you know that we need to step back and just say now concretely where am i having trouble as soon as we start having that positive feedback where we're asking a question we're really looking at what's going in a loving compassionate way and that we're honestly trying to just experiment with and play with what's happening such that we can begin to change it and going in the right direction then all of a sudden things begin to work but it has to be that thing of asking a question and I from in my experience that's one of the most important things I'll say so what was the cause of error was it reaction anticipation or looking back and when I'm just working with somebody who's kind of new to it it's just well I don't know I just I didn't practice it enough I didn't do it enough times it's like whoa oops you know not what I'm wanting to do when you're when you're practicing you're playing that is to say I don't mean that's it it, it, it's it's in this engaged state of what's going on here
1: Mm -hmm. let's see
0: what's going on here now that was interesting so if you had a reaction it's you were surprised so if now we can use the mind and the coach can say okay so you reacted you were surprised we were surprised by that let's look at that why are we surprised by that was a line change did the rhythm suddenly change did the page turn? uh it did the notes go up instead of down did they turn into triads instead of scales what is it that happened if you're dealing with an orchestra suddenly a different instrument is sounding what what's causing the the reaction and then the next question would be now we know that that was a reaction now, let's solve it. Let's solve it by embracing the problem. Let let us take the thing that was the orphan idea, the new the new thought, the stranger and let's let's incorporate it. Hmm. Let's improvise. Let's play with it. Let's take that triad and that change that went from a scale to an arpeggio. Let's just take that part and really enjoy moving it. Maybe even flip it around, you know, reverse it. So that's what I call improvising. It's just playing with ideas. It's speaking words that you've just learned and being able to enjoy that so that it's incorporated in. On the other hand, it might not have been it might have been anticipation because you were sort of daydreaming. It's like, oh, that reminded me of the fact that I needed to practice this and that. and now that mistake is different. Mm-hmm. And so now what you need to do is let your if you're reading music, let your eyes tell you what the notes are. Enjoy the sensation of letting those notes come into your eye and let your body respond to what that is, what the gestures are, what how the notes look, how they feel, how they correspond to the notes on the keyboard or and of course how they sound. So that we're engaged in our sensations that come from the signal or the symbol of the eye. We're listening to music, listen. Make sure that you're letting your ear guide you so that you know, oh, that went up in pitch, that went down in pitch, that, ooh, that's a faster rhythm there. Oh, those are eighth notes instead of sixteenth notes now. So that we're just in a process of delightful observation, using the sense that should be leading. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you're looking back, well get that coach out of the pool there are three different kinds of causes and that ultimately by just starting that process of asking a question which can be so hard when you're really negative I mean, have you ever noticed that you get really oh, yeah. upset it's like I feel this I feel that and I said, there's no question there yeah and and as you know being the wonderful person you are and mentor that you are uh, and healer so why did that happen <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what are you feeling? How is your body feeling? How, you know. Yeah. Just asking a question will get you out of that somatic stress, stress from the past. Yeah. Because those questions are often not asked by our teachers. Mm-hmm. But the greatest ones always ask those questions. They're always asking, so. Why did that happen?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have found that, you know, when I ask those questions, I often find that when I'm frustrated, it's because I'm in a hurry. Yeah. And then the next question is a hurry for what? Yeah, <laughs> what exactly. are we doing? Yeah, are we yeah. trying to arrive somewhere musically or, or do something? And yeah. Wh- why do you think we're we're in such a rush?
0: Man, I I think we've gotten into more is better. Mm. And many of us know this in college. More and more credit hours. Yeah. More and more assignments, more and more things expected of us. And as we'll be talking about in a subsequent discussion together, it's knowing which one is the most important. And if everyone's saying it's all equally important, it's very hard for the brain yeah. to be able to do anything but respond. To what it's being demanded to do, and and in fact, you don't want to think; you just want to do, because if you start thinking, you'll start getting depressed. And I, actually, not true in my experience. You start right. yeah, start asking constructive questions. All of a sudden, you're in a different part of your brain, mm-hmm. and um, so it's by again. I'm not a neurologist but it, I almost feel like we go to the left hemisphere and those positive emo- emotions are much more there, I, I guess, from what I understand, in the left prefrontal lobe, and neurologists out there can correct me, but that they seem to be more stimulated to those those aspects of the brain uh, when you're in a positive state. When you're in a negative state, it can be more in the right hemisphere and the and I, from what I understand, prefrontal lobe. But we need to move it to a more constructive place where we're, Again, removing our fear, removing our vulnerability, and our ego, and uh, just slowing down. Yeah. Because we cannot be artists if we're racing around. If you're racing around, and then they plop you in a a stage, do you think your brain's going to stop racing around? If you haven't trained your brain to stop racing around, (laughs) in the practice room, that is... What makes you think that when you suddenly get in front of an audience, it's going to just stop for you? It's not. You have, we have to be enjoying the process instead of feeling like practicing is a punishment, which is, I think, what most of us feel yeah. unless we reframe it. you mm-hmm. know, We can feel that way. Uh, not very constructive. So, yeah, we need to slow down. We need to stop looking everywhere else, but just look within and keep things very simple and very basic because that's what they are. <laughs> I don't care how complicated the music is, folks, 12 pitches <laughs> and 11 die chords. Yes, as I, we've talked about before, there are things <laughs> in the cracks, but basically <laughs> that's it. It's not those thousands and thousands of words in a foreign language. Right. So it's actually slowing down so that we can sync with those things we can tune into those things completely and fully
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's very true i love the simplicity why why do we complicate it you think well i don't know when you get certainly i know when
0: we get into college things should be complicated after all mm. that's what we're paying for <laughs> yeah so uh and i think the whole culture is is Everyone has a unique thing to offer, which is wonderful, and it is true, we're all unique. But basically, all of us have 10 fingers, 10 toes, two legs, two arms. I mean, really, we don't have to be overly complicated with things. Yeah. But instead, we have to see how all of these things are connected.
1: Hmm.
0: We have to see how all these different musics that we might be hearing today are connected and and that and how much are as human beings we're all connected and so I think that's that what you're asking about grounding that's what I come away with is just it's us in rapport with ourselves and yeah. and so that we can be loving beings and and contribute yeah and contribute positive messaging <laughs> and of course. music mostly.
1: Yeah. So last thing before we wrap up, um, I- I'm curious if you could walk us through when you, when you have the three causes of errors happening to you in real time, let's say you're playing, you know, a Beethoven sonata or something and just something, a wire is crossed mm-hmm. and you can't figure it out. How do you, because I'm sure all of this happens to you as well, mm-hmm. um, and you Absolutely. being a human. Um, how how do you coach yourself through all of this and, and maybe walk us through even the negative emotions? Like, like, what even to this day do you feel?
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. I would only know about these things from firsthand knowledge. Uh, and it continues. It's still there all the time. So I think that the best thing to do is, is those antidotes. So for example, for myself, if I begin to have a reaction, I'm surprised, I have to kind of instantly push away from the thing that I'm afraid of in my mind's eye. It's as if I'm an eagle and I'm pushing down on the air to rise. And it it really does feel like that instead of pulling myself close, because that's the instinct is to pull yourself into uh, what I call chicken vision. Mm-hmm. But instead, it takes a lot of courage. This is harder. <sighs> Breathe and just push yourself gently away from it. And all of a sudden, it just becomes easier. Uh, in terms of if, if I have anticipation, which can happen, I'll just have to, again, it's because I'm wasting energy. I need to relax more and just trust. Uh, let my eyes or ears, whatever it is supposed to be leading, just let let that go and, and just keep it simple if I start looking back at that same thing, I'll have to turn off that uh, tendency to be yelling at myself in my head (laughs) to the point where at one point I mentioned, I couldn't even hear myself play. The yelling was so loud in my head. Yeah. And to the point where you just say it stops. Yeah. I have noticed, by the way, when I the thing that works for me is to immediately actually become involved with my sensations as soon as I just become a sensing organism I just start feeling the temperature in the room as I mentioned before in another podcast but I just I feel all the sensations when I'm playing I just how am I feeling and even if I'm a little bit nervous just sensing that in a loving way not judging but rather just sort of gently noticing that keep breathing keep breathing you know and You just do the best we can (laughs) under the circumstances. But I'd say it has to be that I I have to love my audience more than I love myself. Mm. I have to want them to feel great. And they cannot feel great if I don't feel great. So I have to start here. And then let's see if I can. As soon as I do that, it seems to all fall into place. But the key words for me are trust. Mm. Trust in my higher nature. In my higher mind, trust in music, trust in other human beings, trust in, in all of it, and then the, and then opening my heart up to, to share that, uh, to move other people to higher states of consciousness. So I can't do it if I'm not there myself. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But, yeah, yeah, but you're so right. I mean, man, I've done it all. <laughs> uh, I mean, really done it all. <laughs> so, oh boy. Worst coach. I mean, Darth Vader has nothing
1: <laughs> on my inner coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, no. love it. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah, I feel like some of this stuff can feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when your nervous system gets hijacked or, mm-hmm. you know, trauma or any of the million yeah. things we've all experienced, especially these last two years, I think we're, whether we like to admit it or not, I think we're a little bit more aware and we're a little bit more sensitive mm-hmm. to a lot of things.
0: Absolutely. We are. We are. So much going on in people's lives. And it's it's one of those things where if you can be in the music, it's so healing, not only to ourselves, but to others. And I think if we focus on that, we tend to slow down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, thanks so much, Marianne, for this super helpful very insightful as always um and for those of you listening um one of the things that y'all could do for us is if you could please review the podcast on apple music that would help other people find the podcast some more um and as always let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about